0: Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Welcome once again to Open House of Team Reba. This is Reba House of Team Reba, REMAX
2: Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. (laughs)
1: Happy weekend to you. Here we are. You, You always make me laugh when you start kind of almost cracking up and i'm just like what what's so funny just, just
2: dang <laughs> happy so to funny? be here that's all
1: yes i'm just happy to be here period <laughs> that's right. still alive and well and kicking Absolutely. on this planet so Absolutely. it's a good thing it's the way we want it we made it through 2020 we're cranking on along into 2021 right and things are good
2: it's going to be a good year it let's, is going to be a good knock year on wood and anything else yes you know, if there's no wood around you knock on your head uh, but <laughs> let's let's make this a good year. Yes. You know, a lot of it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with mm-hmm. having a positive outlook on life, having a positive attitude. I thought you were about uh, to do
1: the Barney's no, I Love yeah, You, You Love Me song. like that. I could.
2: You want me to? No. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, I know all those ones. Yeah. I bet
1: you do. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, one of the statistics that started off the year was the foreclosure rates for 2020. Mm-hmm. And and that sounds like it's going to be bad news. Well, but are you about to give us good no, news? It's, it's actually good news. I mean, if you think about how, how large our, our housing market is nationwide, mm-hmm. um, we had just under 50,000 bank foreclosures in 2020. That sounds that, that sounds like a lot, but, but it's, it's not. not. It's just a very, it's about zero percent That's super tiny. Super low. Now, let's compare that to 2010, which is when we hit the peak. Mm -hmm. That's a million foreclosures less than what we had in 2010. So that's a 96% lower foreclosure rate.
1: Yeah. Listen to that, folks. I mean, we keep talking on the show all the time about how strong our market still is. Mm -hmm. And people keep wondering, like, when's the crash coming? When's the crash coming? But it's numbers like this that you're sharing that prove... You know, all these naysayers who are out there, because I can't tell you how many times I still have people saying, well, I don't know. I think I want to hold off until, you know, the prices drop. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, not they, happening. They aren't. Not happening. No,
2: I know. it's it's. I, I saw that statistic, though, and, and really that is 100% uh, due to these forbearance policies that came out. And, and, and that help that was available because that help was not available in 2010. No, they weren't. And you remember how
1: frustrated we were because it was forcing people to go into, uh, default before Mm -hmm. a bank would even talk to them. And it was so frustrating seeing how that impacted families. It was rough. It was really, really Really rough. rough.
2: I had to go around, um, part of my job at the time I was, I was training real estate agents on how to use. Uh, mm-hmm. the equator system, which was the system that was yes. used to process short sales. I remember using that a lot. And I, I swear there's some offices I'd walk into and I knew that, you know, a good chunk of the folks I was talking with were in this, in the same boat that they were looking at their own personal, mm-hmm. you know, short sales. I was just lucky to get out of there alive a few times Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it was just not fun. I, and I
1: watched a bunch of my colleagues lose their homes, mm-hmm. right. you know, Absolutely. they just you know, walked away and it was, it was painful. Yeah. Yeah. So you know,
2: so so counter blessings. I mean, mm-hmm. this is one that's significant.
1: Yeah, and uh, and and just as a reminder, listeners, if you want to hear for anyone who's been going through like forbearances and maybe someone did go through a foreclosure, we had a prior show mm-hmm. with Mike Olden mm-hmm. where he was talking about the effect of what's happened and whether or not you might see negative impact on a credit score mm-hmm. around some of these issues. You won't. Nope, you won't, and that's but. If people want to hear all the good things he had to share, yes,
2: then they can go sure. back
1: and find that on podcast because it is out there.
2: Absolutely. And then
1: we have an upcoming show right. that I'm super stoked about where we have a person who works in tax and accounting who's also going to be covering some of the things that are covid related and taxes and positive and or negative impacts but mostly all positive
2: that's going to definitely be a show worth listening to there is going to be a ton of good information Mm -hmm. in there because covid has impacted some of the rules Mm -hmm. some of the deadlines uh, some of the the policies and boy, if there's ever a year to take advantage of Getting that information right, mm-hmm. having a tax professional help you. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this is, is the it. Year. Yeah. This is the year. So
1: like we said, as we're starting this show out, there is still good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And we're walking into this still super positive. This whole first month has yep. been tremendous. Our team is hot-footing it all over the place because we got all kinds of stuff going uh, that's super positive for our clients because we've been winning multiple offer situations. We've yeah. been getting difficult transactions closed. We've been, you know, yeah. I, I, we, you, awesome. you saw one of them that was I quite interesting. I mean, we might
2: want to talk about that one a little bit coming yeah. up here.
1: But I actually have permission from that client oh, to good. talk about okay. it. Okay, yes. Before we
2: do, though, yes. uh, speaking of kind of good news, what is going on with with the local real estate market?
1: So, you know, it's it's firing up. You know, we had massive shortage of inventory throughout the winter. I thought this was interesting. Um, I got this from um, my REMAX office. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is like King County numbers. I still kind of want to go back to the person who put it together and ask them, are you sure? Because we've been talking all the time about the number of pending sales against new listings, and they gave these November numbers out. I'm waiting for the December one to come out still. but um, Because, you know, you have to wait till they wrap everything up and then you know they put all the numbers together but this was one that they gave us for November and I looked at it and said there was for November 41,723 new listings and this is King County and it said there's 35,551 pending sales and I thought well I wonder if that's because you know during the holidays it was pretty quiet around thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so i was like well maybe that's where they had fewer pending sales because almost every day that i look on the mls the pending sales has outpaced new listings Mm -hmm. so i find this curious um i will say seven days on the market is the average so (sighs) that's you know that's nuts totally nuts average price Again, this is all King County, $795,907. Okay. And because this was in November, remember what also comes in November is the new guidelines. limits. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so this number proves that, you know, we need that for us here in King County, right? And that uh, broke down based on the houses that were selling. It was $373 a square foot. Mm -hmm. And they said that there was 34,113 sales.
2: Really, mm-hmm. this is so low.
1: Well, I mean, we did have, you know, tons of pressure out there in the marketplace. I think we also had um, more people than typical. I, and this seems so weird. I'm like, I'm looking at this, going, "Who in our office put this together?" Because I still feel like something is amiss. Mm-hmm. Because we had such a shortage of inventory. I mean, like, we've we've had clients who are like, "I don't should we keep looking?" Because there's just Hardly anything out there. December had the same thing around Christmas time. Right. In fact, I can tell you for sure, that week between Christmas and New Year's we we talked about this on a prior show. Mm. It was some of the lowest inventory I've seen in eighteen oh, years. It, it's just nuts,
2: right. Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely. crazy. I'm so hoping the spring's gonna gonna open that up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you touched it. so you said the average home price was seven hundred ninety five thousand? Yeah, just barely under seven ninety six. Yeah, bar- barely under seven ninety six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and the new loan limit for King Pearsons and Snohomish counties is seven seventy six two fifty seven hundred seventy six thousand two fifty. Mm-hmm. So, if your loan amount is that or lower, you would qualify for standard conventional financing with as little as five percent down. Uh, if your loan amount is uh, no higher than five forty eight two fifty for all the other counties. Uh, that's the what we call the conforming limit, um, mm-hmm. and you could buy even with as little as three percent down. Um, but that's going to really help. It, loan amounts higher than that are going to fall into the jumbo category, and the down payments increase significantly. Uh, so although the rates aren't that much different right now, so a lot of positive, you know, for that. You know, of course, we're going to see that mm-hmm. that house price continue probably to go up this year. You and I, you know, stood stood uh, about a month ago. We said we think seven percent. Appreciation mm-hmm. this year yeah
1: I think so if, if we take the overall MLS averages yes I think so yeah,
2: I think we're going to be pretty close yeah because
1: yeah. we're seeing in some markets upwards of 20
2: percent yeah where it stands right now yeah, it could, yeah that, that number could be yeah it could be and it's less. and it's in pockets I mean you have
1: to really look at your numbers and see what that is what did you say the conforming limit was again
2: it's it's seven, Oh gosh I just I just completely lost it in my head here Sorry. <laughs> hang on a sec. I'll pull it. I'll pull it back up here. I should. I don't have that one um, uh, committed to um, to, uh, memory to memory. Because I think it was like seven seventy one to... something, wasn't it? Um, it's it's. Uh, hang on. I've I've got it here. It's seven seventy six two fifty.
1: Okay. So just to give for our listeners a little bit more context on that, because you were saying conventional, you can get as little as three percent down. Yeah. So if you had a house that was seven hundred ninety six thousand dollars. mm mm-hmm. And you had three percent down. The loan amount well, would be seven seventy two
2: one twenty. Okay, let me let me hold you up there for just a second. Okay, um, with conventional loans across the state and including King Pierce Snohomish, three percent down is available up to a loan amount of $548,250. Uh, okay, and then above that, five forty eight up to seven seventy six, you'd have to put five percent. Oh, five percent. Sorry, yeah. yeah. But but even at, at that, you know, five percent down would take you up to about eight seventeen for a sale mm-hmm. price with five, yeah. So you buy a home for eight hundred seventeen thousand mm-hmm. with five percent down, yeah, um, which is I forty one thousand, just under just a little yeah. bit under forty one thousand uh, dollars. So it's it's that's a a big deal. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and I'll tell you that amount of money depending on where you're planning on buying. Mm-hmm. Can make a yeah. big difference, sure right? Can. Like we've talked before, like Tacoma's smoking hot right now, and a house that's $800,000 right. in Tacoma is much larger and nicer than the one you're probably going to buy in Seattle. Well, you know, and, and just expanding that. Because new com- construction is like $800,000. Absolutely. 000. And I'm talking about a tiny townhouse. Right.
2: Not even a house. But I mean, even expanding that conversation a bit further, the folks that have discovered they can work remotely now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm kind of watching some of our, our vacation areas, second home areas. They're Chiland, smoking hot. And at. Antiet- Mm-hmm. Uh, Hood Canal, Ocean Shores, Camino Island, South Sound. Anacortes. All those areas, mm-hmm. those predominantly what were second home or retirement type areas. Yeah. They're are, going nuts. They're on fire. Oh,
1: yeah. I have a multiple offer situation right now this week. So, you know, there you go. And that's on Camino. Yeehaw. That's oh, again. Really <laughs> well, but we're gonna, We've, we've go got ahead.
2: more numbers and information. Open House with Team Rivas, So stay tuned. Next up, what are interest rates going to do in 2021?
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba.
2: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. I had to think about that for just a second.
1: No, I was just putting some nice emphasis oh, on there it. there you go. All right. Giving a little pregnant pause and then coming at you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know who I, just, I am. <laughs> I had a response to that, and I'm not going to say it on the air. Oh, so for there we go. Sake. Yeah, but don't. we are on the radio every Saturday from two to three o'clock, and then also on Sundays from three to four, and also on podcast
1: all the time.
2: Yeah, everywhere, right? iTunes, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, it's we've mentioned this before. Like the listenership, I was actually breaking down the numbers again just this last week, mm-hmm. and the number of cities. That it, I mean, we looked. We're in six continents now right. that that we're being listened to, and then I was breaking down the cities. Here's what's really weird on podcast. Yeah, there's some people in Ohio listening to the show even more than people in the Seattle marketplace, <laughs> and I'm really? trying to. Feel, <laughs> yes, what's up with that? I don't know. Interesting. I, I really don't know. Ohio, but yeah, it's it. It's so fun to be able to like narrow into you know the right. stats and stuff that are on there yeah, yeah so obviously you know when we're when we're playing here uh you know the tower just hits our local area but oh, then sure. when we're on podcast it goes all over yeah and i was looking at these numbers and i totally expected you know our area to sure you know be the preponderance of listeners right. of course yeah and then i'm like
2: Ohio. Ohio? <laughs>
1: Like who's listening to us in Ohio?
2: Okay. <laughs> so,
1: wow. But I'm but hey, I love it.
2: Absolutely. I
1: you know, I'll take it cuz I I think maybe why there's some consistent listeners out there is because you and I a lot of we cover a lot of stuff that's for Washington, but we also talk about just topics in general, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's that true. that you can take much of what we're discussing and translate it into your local market in right. terms of the kinds of questions you should be asking. Right. Because right. even though a contract might have a little bit different verbiage, the general concept of purchasing is the same all around the U.S. That's right. That's Right. right. So um, I just find it very interesting. And of course, you know, having listeners in other countries, it's it's just it kind of tickles cool. me
2: pink. That's pretty fun. Well, big shout out to everybody in Ohio. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. There you go.
1: But uh, anyway, you said before the break that yeah. you wanted to talk about where you thought interest rates were going to go for 2021. Let's,
2: let's do that. And yes. I'll give you an update on where we're at right now Please as, do. as well. Um, so so the, the the short answer is probably they're going to remain low. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some inflationary headwinds that could crop up over the year. Okay. Uh, in fact, um, we're just kind of starting to digest some of the, the cabinet picks you know of the new administration and will and, they give us indigestion well they could possibly okay uh, one one of them for secretary of the treasury is janet yellen now janet mm-hmm. used to be uh you know president of the of the federal reserve mm-hmm. yes and and janet bless her heart janet is a spender and and she will spend uh, in fact she's already testified before congress She wants to pretty much go all in on on stimulus programs and and some additional government programs as we're working our way through this pandemic. Um, I'm not I'm not here to give political opinions or anything like that. I just want to look at what the numbers are going to do. Okay, And and traditional economics says when you spend uh, like a a drunken sailor, which (laughs) which we've been doing for decades now the debt load is piling up. Yeah. That at some point the debt service, the the, mm-hmm. the amount of taxes we have to raise right. or money we have to borrow to pay our debts yeah. um, will cause the economy to stagnate and inflation to rise because we have to sell more more and more debt to pay mm-hmm. for the existing debt. Right. It hasn't happened yet. And and we reached a point last year where our debt load reached hundred and twenty percent of our gross domestic product. Oh my gosh. Meaning that we are actually borrowing money to pay for, yeah. you know, the additional debt. It's not a good thing. Um, a good example might be Japan that's been somewhat at that level since, uh, oh gosh, for maybe 15 years now, their economy is stagnant. You know, they can't get above about a 2% growth rate. You know, we've exceeded that, you know, in, in recent years, but we are at the highest debt load we've we've uh, incurred since World War II. And uh, so it, it's it's concerning. It's concerning to mm. me And, um, you know, but with that said, there's another school of thought that says the higher the debt load goes, the lower interest rates will go um, because it does tend to stagnate the economy, tends to slow the economy. So we'll see, you know, so far into the year, the stock market has loved all this talk, you know, about additional Mm -hmm. stimulus programs. But, but, but why, you know, it's, I, I guess my best analogy is you're in Vegas You've okay. been you've been drinking, uh, <laughs> you've had a couple good runs at the craps table, but your wallet is empty. You mm-hmm. know, you think nothing when when you're you're not in your right mind of running over to the ATM machine and pulling out a few extra hundred dollars to yeah. go back to the to the table. And uh, my my fear is that, that we're in that mindset. You know that let's let's just do it, and even Yellen has so much has said that now is the time to really ramp up the government spending because interest rates are so low. So it's cheap for for the government to borrow money. Got it. So in the short run, uh, rates are good. Uh, they probably will stay that way. You know, for the foreseeable future, um, at least that's that's our opinion right now. Looking at it in the long term, <laughs> you know, God help us. You know, this right. is not healthy. You know what what's what's going on. Uh, here's where we're at today. Uh, okay. The national average for a 30-year mortgage is 2.87%. You know, so we are still firmly under the, the 3% mark uh, for a conventional standard 30-year fixed. Um, 15-year fixed rates, the national average 2.38%. Okay. FHA and VA, 2.35%. I just okay. uh, locked in a VA client at 2.25%. I mean, yeah. this is so wonderful. Uh, I,
1: it's wonderful for them to have. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So jumbo thirty-year fixed rates uh, national average three point three three percent. You know, so so these interest it's rates are still rates. at absolute historical yeah. levels, and uh, I I would say, um, you know, it's it's a good time to take advantage of those. Yeah, if you haven't already.
1: Yeah, no, I was going back and um, re-listening to some of our shows from the fall mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, and just like the difference of then and now. I mean, they've yeah. they've just stayed. You know, because like, you were mentioning like. And we're at another 52 week low. And yeah. just the other week, you're like, oh, ah, we're at another 52 week low. I know, <laughs> and I'm just I know. like, still yeah. blown away yeah. that these rates. I mean, when was it that they, uh, the jumbos just had gone to like almost 5%? Wasn't that like March? Yeah. yeah that they, was like we had just pre COVID. Like right yeah, right when it yeah, hit. Yeah, right when COVID yep. was really hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that they're down like one right. and a half, almost yeah. 2% is like. Well, what, what's
2: happened is we're seeing a, a lot of investors, especially in the jumbo world, um, they suspended operations or, or severely mm-hmm. backed off um, when COVID hit because they just didn't really know what the impact the economy right. would be. And, and also before some of these forbearance programs took mm-hmm. hold. You know, Since then, and especially over the last couple months, we've seen more and more investors coming back into the fold. Oh, yeah. Or – uh, starting to re- reduce their re- uh, release their their relax their guidelines just a mm-hmm. little bit um, good example on the jumbo side um, when COVID hit but prior to that you could buy a, a home using jumbo financing with 10% down mm-hmm. you know for quite a few different programs most of those effectively went away and uh, just now like within the last few weeks we we've had a few investors come back and say okay we'll do 10% down now and um, you know you're still going to pay a, a higher rate for that than if you put 20% down right. or more you know but they're back and yeah. and so that's also one of the reasons that we may see that jumbo um, market and pre- jumbo price appreciation can mm-hmm. continue to rise because those yeah are, those are back now so well and it,
1: yeah no well i'm glad to see that they are here because we definitely have people in this area who need them and uh, that market is continuing to move so absolutely yeah we Equity. thought we thought at one point maybe it was going to have a big smack but it's not as much as we thought it was going to no, be, and, really. And
2: that's also partly because of those those low foreclosure rates. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have yep. tight, tight inventory, as you, you mentioned. Super
1: tight inventory. Well, I was just pulling up the numbers on the MLS, and that's why I still am questioning this report that someone at my office put together. Because, like, let's just look at my seven-day for the MLS uh, market watch right now. New listings. This is for the entire MLS, which is over 30 some counties especially cuz they added in uh, some eastern uh, Washington counties recently new listings over the last 7 days 1157 wow that's still less than when beginning of covid and right this
2: is statewide statewide mls right yeah yeah
1: pendings 2393
2: wow statewide
1: yeah statewide and of sold Uh, 1,477 so that again we still see deals falling out Mm -hmm. but the pendings are you know they're just rocking and rolling people are you know cranking along we've even seen um, we're kind of back to where it was like in 2006 where people are scrambling to try and find homes off market Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of that going on right now I have a transaction down in the Des Moines area where as soon as the neighbors found out that my clients were going to sell their home that they'd had for the last 50 years, mm-hmm. people scrambling, mm-hmm. leaving personal notes on the door, mm-hmm. call, if they knew them personally, calling them up, yep. asking, you know, and it was just, right, right. It, you know, we'd been doing all this work for months and months and months with them. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, you, you want to mm-hmm. what? You know, and I and I have other situations very similar to that. Mm-hmm. I have another place that's up in the... Just just on the edge of Lake Stevens, Snohomish border, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. People who own this property, they want to sell it. They've already got like people like, so hey, oh, yeah. hey. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with the private transaction. Mm-hmm. The main question is, of course, whenever my clients call me on that, I was like, we just got to vet the people out financially. We just got to make sure that's great that they want to buy, but sometimes they're doing it so they don't have to get into the bidding war. Sometimes they want to, you know, mm-hmm. and- and I'll I'll say that my Des Moines client, uh, we did go through the, you know, verification of the funds and everything else and their ability to purchase. Um, and then we we had a, what was going to be our on-market price, but we were very certain we would get multiple offers. So we actually made that buyer pay, pay a small premium. Mm-hmm above not a lot it was like 2% mm-hmm. of what we were going to ask yeah. because we were pretty sure cuz we'd seen a lot of houses selling for about 5 6% over asking price right, right and I don't know if you remember this I'm pretty sure we were doing this show when several years ago I was selling a place in West Seattle where we had like the psycho guy who tried to mm-hmm. get it off market mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then when yeah. that fell apart then we sold it for way over asking price like I told my clients it would happen the first time oh, boy. Same kind of, same kind of stuff going on right now. Yeah. So it gets really interesting, but uh, we'll have more interesting things for you here as we get back from these messages on Open House with Team Reba.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM fifteen eighty, the answer. to Open House with Team Reba.
1: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And
2: I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba, Yes. if somebody has a question for you, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Ah, well, if it's something that is a simple question for me or my staff to answer, you can send an email to info at teamreba.com. You can also send more private messages to me at reba at teamreba.com. And I actually have a new phone number. I don't know if I told you this. No. Did I mention that? I did not mention that. Okay. Well, I have a new phone number that I still would ask our guests, or not our guests, our listeners, that if you're trying to reach out to me, send me a text before, you know, reaching out. But, um, cause as we've talked before, sometimes it's, uh, yeah, you know, I need to have the information that you're calling cuz if I don't recognize your number, I'm probably not going to answer. Mm. Um, oh my goodness, where did it go? Well, I had a new number, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> yes. I thought I had put it in my own contact list, but apparently I did not.
2: All right. Well, well that's okay. So, I'll yeah. just go
1: ahead. I'll I'll put my Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to go ahead and I'll have to go find it cuz Baby set up a new phone number for
2: me just for this show. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and so good. that's
1: why I don't have it all like sitting right here. I, data, it is. It's the, a special the, number the just
2: for our listeners. It's a red phone ring, you know, if, if you know, you get a call in from the radio show. Well, it goes to my cell phone. Like phone. The phone. But yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So good. anyway. Oh, good. All right. But
1: Yes. We have, we have a new number. I'm going to find it and I'll put it up here later. But how about for
2: yourself? Uh, I'm pretty easy to track down. You can, you can email me, Eric at com. That's Eric with a C. And you can also call me anytime, 206-915-3742. I love the same thing. Text me first. Hey, I'm calling you about something. And that way I, I know mm-hmm. you're not like uh, one of these um, you know folks uh, trying to get me to buy an Amazon gift card to pay my tax bill.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, the scammers have been off the charts. We keep getting notices from my office because I don't know who it is that's doing it, but my designated broker they someone yeah. keeps sending out messages to our entire office pretending yeah. like they're him spoofing asking yeah, yeah they're spoofing it's and they're asking fishing. yeah and they want our uh they want us to buy gift cards and you know other things yeah. like that so and it's always some other number and they try and pretend like oh hey I'm you know in a meeting got a new phone blah 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 and it's like there's no way he yeah. would ever have that number <laughs> like there's uh, thankfully I'm smart enough to know when it's junk right. but there's yeah. a lot of people in my office no, who who Amazing. haven't necessarily that all, that questioned those things? Yep, absolutely, but um,
2: absolutely. Yes. So, um, yes. Let's talk about some things going on with our with our state government.
1: Okay, <laughs> there's there's a lot no. to cover there. Okay. Uh, you have there something is. specifically I, in mind? I
2: I do because there's two bills that are are um, being bandied about right now that. Um, I don't know. You might have a, a slightly different opinion on them. I'm not sure, but, but let's talk it through. Okay. Um, the first one is Senate bill 5160, um, which is, uh, basically mandating that housing providers, meaning landlords, mm-hmm. um, renew, uh, any rental agreement or month to month tenancy for two years after the end of the emergency COVID period, unless the property owner sells the unit or moves into the unit themselves. So, so what that means is, is you've you've got a tenant, you're a renter, you're a landlord, and um, your your lease expires.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the COVID, uh, we're in a right now we're in what's called an emergency period, which also includes a moratorium on evictions. So, what this is saying is that even once that that moratorium ends, you still must offer um, that tenant to stay for up to two years after the end of that emergency period. Uh, unless you sell the sell the home uh, or move into the unit yourself. interesting. Um, it would also prevent any eviction for non-payment of rent that occurred during the COVID emer- emergency period. It would also require that any debt that is outstanding during the emergency period can be pursued um, through collection actions only if the housing providers offered a repayment plan, you know, as defined in the bill. So let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. The... Eviction moratorium basically says a landlord, you know, during this emergency period, which the end of it, I don't know if it's defined at this point. Um, I think it keeps getting extended. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, right now it's the end of March. Um, but, but basically what this says is, is, you know, the moratorium means the tenant does not, n- not need to pay the rent, but they still owe it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not being rent forgiven. So at the end of that period, they have to pay it back. Well, right. what are the odds of that happening? You know, I'm sure it will in some cases. In other cases, it won't. Right. And if if it, if it isn't paid back, the, the landlord has every right to pursue the tenant for the back rent. You know, and that could be a collection action or something like that.
1: Well, and that also is dependent on where that tenant came from, too. Because as you and I both know, we had Ryan Weatherstone on here talking about the eviction moratoriums. And I talked mm-hmm. about my little NAFTA mm-hmm. scenario where mm-hmm. I have a right. Mexican owner with a Canadian tenant and we discovered that he can't, he can't collect any of the rent at all. And he can't even go after him mm-hmm. for any back. Right. There's, there's yeah. so many so things your, that are happening So your specific there. situation may require like you talking to You're gonna somebody. You're going to need to talk to a professional <laughs> You're going to need to talk it. to an attorney. Right,
2: right. <laughs> well, this, this, this bill is, is, you know, not going to help that, that situation. Um, it also mandates, and I thought this, this one kind of got my blood pressure up as well. So let's say that the moratorium ends, um, eviction proceedings are started, the tenant you know, can't pay the back rent or won't pay it, um, a collection action is started. This new bill, Senate Bill 5160, also mandates that all tenants have access to state-funded counsel in an unlawful detainer, automatically seals the court records, and increases the filing fees for unlawful detainers. So so it's basically saying that if you do a a landlord, you know, starts uh, eviction proceedings for non-payment of rent or or anything Uh else uh, that the the tenant has um, basically the state will will pay for their attorney. So
1: I'm listeners, it's not that I don't usually have anything to say, but I'm sitting here kind of stunned.
2: Right. Well, wow. That's this, interesting. This, these these policies will really have a, a devastating effect on small housing providers, 70% yeah, of which are, are rental pool or are owned by just mom and pops. Right. And know? that's the
1: thing that we've talked about for a couple of years now mm-hmm. that with especially like city council right. in Seattle, most of that's – and I'll tell you, I've been watching it go further afield because of all these things – yeah. Most of that affordable housing is getting sold off right now, right. and it won't be affordable anymore when it sells that's... because I'm looking at what the rent rolls are compared to what the sale prices are, mm-hmm. and there's no way they're staying affordable.
2: No, no, that's that's absolutely right. Ugh, and, this and is just so, going to
1: exacerbate that.
2: Yeah. Um, I, wow. I've, I can tell you I, I, I have been in contact. A lot of folks are reaching out to me saying I've got mm-hmm. this rental, I think I'm gonna just sell it. Mm-hmm. I, I just I yeah. just can't deal with this anymore. Oh yeah, I've got I've and, got a couple of clients like that right now. Mm-hmm. Who are just yeah. like we're done. We're yeah. done,
1: done, done, done. Right.
2: And and so wha- actually three clients, right? What's now. <laughs> what's concerning me, I mean we've been following some kind of similar things with, with Seattle and, and I, I've been saying for a couple of years and you have too that as goes Seattle, so goes the rest of the region and, mm-hmm. and here we are. You know, this is a statewide, you know, bill. And so this would affect folks in Spokane. It would affect mm-hmm. folks in Seattle, Olympia, Washtucna, Cosmopolis. I mean, wherever you happen to live, you know, in the state, this is this is going to have an impact on you. So, um, you know, if there if there ever was a time to reach out to your your legislators and to kind of just let your opinion mm-hmm. be known, then maybe some of our listeners are in favor of this. I don't I don't know. Yeah, the, could be. The, the, the thing is, uh, it, is this fair? And And that's always a great question, you know, um, you know, because a lot of these these rental homes, like I say, they're owned by 70 percent of them are just mom and pops. And Mm -hmm. this is their retirement. You know, this is their 401k. And uh, and and so, you know, it's not you know, it's not like we're we're setting up these policies to go against, you know, someone with with necessarily deep pockets that can afford to, you know, to pay for things like that. That's it's it's really not necessarily the case. You know, I'm sure there are circumstances where that is true, but not so many, you know, not for a good majority of our rental housing stock, you Mm -hmm. know, in the the city and in the state. So here's another bill, uh, Senate Bill 5139. Um, This one, Senate Bill 5139, will prohibit a housing provider from increasing rent or other charges for the first six months after the end of the governor's emergency eviction ban. So not only are you going to be required to you know allow a person to stay for 2 years after the eviction ban uh, but you will not be allowed to increase rent for the first 6 months after that that um, emergency um, you know period is ended after the first 6 months expire then you can increase rent but by only by 3% over the previous year's consumer price index for a subsequent 6 months based on the rental rate as it was on March 1st, 2020. Let me read that again.
1: I know. I'm like writing these (laughs) notes down while you're saying this because I'm like, what?
2: Let me read that again. After the first six months expire, um, you can increase your rent, but only by 3% over the previous year's consumer price index, for a subsequent six months, based on the rental rate as it was on March first. So basically, how much were you renting the property for on mm-hmm. March first, twenty twenty? You can increase your rent three percent over the previous year's consumer price index, the CPI. Right. So, so let's say I don't know what it was. Le- we'd have to go back and look at. Right. Um. I, I want to say it was probably around two percent. Mm-hmm. So maybe that gives you five percent. Uh, you know, you can Max. increase your rents by five percent. Okay. Um. That's it, so this is our first kind of foray into rent control and and so i'm I'm sure there will be lawsuits about this because mm-hmm. rent control in Washington state is illegal, right it's not it's against our constitution. you right. can't do it and so so, this is really kind of working its way it's sort of the camel getting their nose under the tent because this is our first jump into <laughs> actual rent control. And um, you know, forcing a, a landlord to you know control their prices. I'm sorry,
1: I'm like, I've never heard that term. What really? Camel putting their head under the
2: tent. <laughs> yeah, haven't. well, you've that. got a first here on open house. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go.
1: So you know, a, another place. I mean, you're you're sharing this. Um, a place that, if let's say you are a landlord, a place that you can go and learn more about this is RHA.
2: Yeah, the Rental Housing Association of Washington, R-H-A-W-A.org.
1: Yes, and they do advocate for landlords. So another good area to get more details on this. And um, we're going to have more after these messages here on Open House with Team Reba. Be back in just a few moments.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. To open house with Team Reba.
2: Welcome back to open house with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage, and I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Yeah, thanks for listening in here this week, and I know you're all busy, and we appreciate you listening into our show. Yes, and hopefully you find some good value out of spending
1: your valuable time with us.
2: Absolutely. So now we have story time. Course, yes,
1: as you and I have been joking around for this <laughs> last year about the adding the. WTF <laughs> segment of this show. <laughs> like oh, it's so interesting the things that you and I run into all the time. Yes, we do. And I got a client's permission to discuss what has mm-hmm. now been labeled one of the most it's not the but it's one of the most nightmarish transactions I've had to conduct in mm-hmm. my 18
2: years. And it started off so great. Mm-hmm. And we had a seller that uh, our, our client is a first time buyer mm-hmm. and we're using a special yeah. uh, first time home buyer program. Yeah. Um, zero down. Yes. And just a wonderful, wonderful single client. mom. And the seller, I think, had a soft spot, you know, for for this person, because there's, you know, there were multiple offers on this home.
1: Uh, I, maybe you're not as aware I... of the details as I was. Oh. <laughs> uh we started off losing a multiple offer situation right right she had written it they they did oh that's, like right, that's right the yeah. letter that she wrote but she wasn't the highest and best offer
2: mm-hmm.
1: right and so they started with somebody else
2: oh that's right that's and right. then
1: those people came back and said hey we got stuff that needs to mm-hmm. be addressed mm-hmm. right um because this basically was a house that started off kind of just having some lipstick on the pig Mm -hmm. and um so it had the shiny new kitchen done and new paint and carpet and that kind of thing it'd been prettied up yeah yeah but um once you get into the belly you know meaning the crawl space uh you know and then up into some attic spaces which are the places i don't go Mm -hmm. right um nor my staff um Sometimes you find things that, you know, you don't know are going to be there. The inside of the house can be so nice, Mm -hmm. but it's those key elements that bookend the house. with
2: four legs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there was a bunch of those things with four legs, uh, both in the attic and in the crawl space of Mm -hmm. this place. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of work that has to go with cleaning up after these kinds of infestations. And so the first uh, buyer... uh, Now, here's the thing. The first buyer... Asked them to clean the stuff up and, like most home inspection reports nowadays, had photographic evidence showing the issue. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was, you know, at first, I start talking to this listing agent because she calls me up. She says, hey, you know, it looks like this first deal's probably going to fall out. She's like, and I, I just don't understand because, and I, that was my first clue. I just don't understand because I've had somebody down there working in that crawl space and I've already, you know, helped haul away all this stuff from down there. So I know it's clean. Now, she's talking like she's really like seen it herself. Right. She's never popped her head in there. So, you know, but we don't know this. And at first I was trying to give her benefit of the doubt. I said, well, maybe maybe the inspector by accident grabbed photos from a different inspection that same day. Because that you know mistakes happen mm-hmm. every once in a while, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, I know that's not it because that's a different color of, of you know, uh, insulation. Because we've been putting in new insulation, it's not that color." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, all right. Well, if you can prove that, great. You know, so they end up falling out of contract with this other party because it's not just that. There's also some electrical and other things that yeah. are part of the deal. So, we step in." We do an inspection. You know, we don't just take their word for everything, mm-hmm. right? We do our own inspection. And yeah. lo and behold, yeah, that guy was right. You know, there was a bunch of stuff down there. Um, and what they told us is, yes, a little bit of work had been done, but it was about one-sixth of the house. Oh,
2: boy. So it wasn't everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? And so, like, that's not enough. And, you know, so we asked for we, – we ended up with a list of 50 items, that were on our request that came from the inspection, we, out of the 50, because we're trying to, you know, negotiate and and she'll take on some. So we ask for 36 items and they end up agreeing to 20,
2: right? Okay. Okay. And and just so our listeners know, mm-hmm. the, the items that you were asking for were not like out of the ordinary. They weren't no. extreme. They weren't excessive. No, no. You're talking about cleaning up you know, infestation dealing with a rat
1: infestation, yes. Some
2: safety and soundness issues, mm-hmm. wiring, getting the you know,
1: electrical, and, electrical and also dealing with some leaking faucets and, mm-hmm. you know, pipes and things like that. Yeah. Stuff that's not, you know, unheard Pretty of. Pretty basic stuff. Yes, yeah. and and plus yeah. it was a old water heater and we needed to have some of that stuff done. Some of it they should have had way in advance, like the earthquake straps, like this agent who's been in the industry 19 years knows you need CO monitors and earthquake straps, but she didn't have any of those things prepared in the house Mm -hmm. nor and her clients are out of state. So mind you, she tells me she's acting as a general contractor for this site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Multiple times. She tells us that she's acting as GC. And so that means she's in charge of hiring these different people to come in and do stuff. Well, we, we had a contractor we knew and we asked that, that person to go and quote all that. And that's where this list came from. And then, they only gave that person a very small portion of the list. And then she had a couple of other people that we didn't know. Um, but here's, here's the thing, listeners. If your real estate agent is recommending people to do work on a property, mm-hmm. here's what Annie Fitzsimmons, who is the attorney for the Washington Association of Realtors, will tell you. We need to be referring licensed and bonded people, mm-hmm. not just Joe Schmo who's got right. some certificate that doesn't actually even get recognized in the United States. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the people that was working on this house, had some kind of certified carpenter yeah. thing. And yeah. it's like, that's not even a thing here, No, right? Because I looked it up. And so she's got people working on it. And here's the problem. They weren't doing it correctly. So as an example, the attic, when you are cleaning up after rats, you have to remove all the insulation. You don't just remove some. You don't just take the stuff out that you see poop in. You take all of it out. Right. You yard because, the whole thing out. Because they right. also urinate. And you may not be able to see that the same as you do the poo and the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then plus there's their scent, everything else. So you have to remove the entire thing. Here's the other reason mm-hmm. why you have to remove all of it. So you can see how they're getting in mm-hmm. and cover it up. Right. Well, her people kept only partially removing... The insulation, and at one point, put new insulation on top of old, dirty insulation. <laughs> <I'm>, i kid <laughs> that's you just not, nasty. It's so gross. Oh, that's not good. I know. I'm watching your face. You're no, like, oh. I'm just
2: shaking my head. It's
1: yeah. Like, so we kept. So we were supposed to close at the end of the year. Yeah, December right. 30th was our closing date. Right. And we go to do the walkthrough, and lo and behold, there's all this stuff still there. And whatever they had done up there was now covered in new, fresh feces. And we're like, "Uh, clearly we have not taken care of the entry point. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, when the person that we recommended, eventually the guy that we had recommended to begin with, ended up going out there and doing all the work, and he did it right. Mm -hmm. And I got to see for myself many days later after we went and got to transfer the keys for her, uh, no new stuff. Yeah. And he, and he did. He, he, he showed me and thank goodness he did this. He was taking pictures and videos because when he went to go and handle some of the stuff that was still not done, we had two extensions. We closed two weeks late. This is a great example of communication that needs to happen between you and your agent, because we were talking with our client and she was like, well, when should I give my landlord notice? And mm-hmm. we're like, Don't try and move in immediately. Because imagine if she had tried to move in over New Year's.
2: Right. She would have been homeless. She would have been
1: stuck. Mm -hmm. She and her children would have been stuck in a very bad place. And so we recommended that she wait and have that that buffer period. Mm -hmm. And thankfully that helped. Because not only did we have that happen, but they also had a refrigerator that had quit working that was under warranty and they had to get a new one. And then lo and behold, because of the delays... The day that the de- thing was supposed to be delivered, the agent who had promised she was going to be there to handle the delivery crapped out on us <laughs> and said, no, I'm not going to go over there. Why would you expect me to? And we're like, because this whole time you said you would. Oh, you know."
2: Please, folks, hire a good agent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Know the difference when they're going to do work for you and what, what should happen. But yeah. Yeah,
2: That's it's right. not
1: even all the story, but oh, my gosh, I need to not go back to it. I'll have PTSD. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode of Open House with Team Reba. Thanks so much for listening. And join us every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock, Sundays 3 to 4, or catch us on the podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at ReMax max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. the The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.